Welcome to part two of our interview with Becky. I was going to say, guess what? Who's back? Back again. We already did that a long time ago. Yeah, but that was a long time ago. Becky's back. <laughs> so really tell, tell your friends uh, because we are going to get into part two right now, guys. Let's go. You're listening to the PT Assistance Podcast with your hosts, Ken and Laura. Thanks for joining for another exciting episode. The other cool thing we do, i it's my favorite course, but might be because I teach it. I don't know. <laughs> You're like, might be a little biased. <laughs> a little biased here. It's our capstone course. So mm. in the last semester, uh, our students do a capstone project. And the idea is to take everything they've learned. So the critical thinking skills, looking at evidence-based practice, they've taken a uh, microcomputer applications course, so they 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 really know how to put together really nice presentations. They've taken writing courses, so what they do is they pick a project, and it's up to them what that project is. So usually, it's something in their clinic or something in their community that they want to see change. Okay, and then okay. their capstone has the full, um, it's 16 weeks to put it together. So it's pretty intense to get it done in that amount of time. But they put together some amazing uh, uh, projects. One just quick example was um, there was a gal who lived in a very rural area of Oregon and she was, her specialty was women's health. And she recognized that a lot of women come in for other things and had a lot of issues women's health wise that were not being addressed the closest OBGYN 60 miles away oh, and wow. that's the closest one so she developed this program for her like screening and educating some of the local docs about it but she invited us so we were um and I work with them on like you know um figuring out how to do it you know the best they can and, mm -hmm. and cover as much as they want and really um, kind of do some of the finessing of it. And they have a mentor that they've picked. So we talked about, why don't you invite some of these other people? Invite the person from 60 miles away. You don't know if they're going to come, but invite them. Why not? What the heck? Yeah. Out of this one hour presentation, it exploded into multiple clinics. It now covers, I don't know, it's two or three different um, counties. So wow. she has brought women's health literally to all these women just wow. from starting one less than an hour presentation. Yeah. And so things like that, I mean, it's just cool. Amazing. That is, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. And I think it, it shows people what they can do with what they know. Yeah. And a lot of times too, is we undershoot like kind of sometimes the healthcare field in general, most of us are in this field because we care. And that goes for doctors, PTs, PTAs, nurses, everybody. And so a lot of times when we reach out to each other of how we can better help each other, you'd be surprised the answers sometimes you can get of everybody coming together and really helping those niche areas. And, you know, that just shows it too. You know, that just shows that, hey, you know, the, you know, we're doing A for the right reason, which is great. You know, they really were. And look, we can make this grow and we can help everybody better in one way or another. So that is so amazing to hear. And so just cool. bringing the data together. I'm not going to remember the name of the project, but it was someone who worked in ICUs and it was a huge hospital system. 
And there's almost like a, there's a, like a memory loss thing that can happen when you're in, um, uh, ICU for a long period of time. They end up with a lot of memory issues, that type of thing. So she wanted to do her presentation on that. And she wanted to do it with just these like three people. And I said, why don't you get your other ICU people together? Well, a bunch of doctors came, residents came, nurses came. And it became this huge thing. They were all so excited about implementing it in all of their ICUs. And That's what awesome. a huge impact is that, right? Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, and each, and my thing is, student has an area where they're working, where they see things they'd like to see change. They've just not been sure how to go about it. Mm -hmm. And this just gives them a voice. And, um, and to be able to say, I have the research. This is what it shows. And here's my recommendations of how we can make changes. And it gets pretty cool. I feel like mm -hmm. that's a big thing, too. Like, they're identifying, but also coming up with a solution. They're mm -hmm. trying to figure out a way on how to address it. Because, I mean, yeah, a lot of us see, like, oh, this is an issue. But you're actually helping them as well, too. That's the step-by-step. -step, this is what we should do. Or this is how we should approach it. And it's awesome that so many other people are also getting involved in it. That it's just making such an impact in the community as well. And that's that's awesome. So, yeah, so I think that's one of the things that, you know, if they take a step back, and they do, but take a step back, I never realized how much I learned until I put that together. And it's very intimidating at first, but by the time they get down there, because they're like so excited that, you know, to look back and I actually would that. Yeah. That part's a lot of fun. Well, and the thing too so, is that you're only helping the field grow. Like yes. you're really, you're honestly, you're helping the field grow in those ways. Because a lot of times, sometimes those doctors maybe would never have thought about doing something like this. Because, again, it's not their area. They don't see right. the dots sometimes. And that's not against them by any means. You know, that's, again, us just coming together in the healthcare field and starting to really look at, like you said, the data points and putting them all together. And sometimes it takes one person and you can start a full chain reaction. Um and, you know, I think back to just kind of where we are now, and I really think women's health and men's health is going that right route now. Um, we are finally starting to see, hey, this is an area that really needs to grow. And I, I'm seeing it starting to grow. But we're also starting to see doctors buy into it, too, which is, again, going to help the education to patients. It's going to help the growth of it. It's going to better in long term, just better patient health in general. Um, but you know, it's an area where it's still small and it still needs to build up type thing. We're, we're scratching the surface. Um, and better insurance coverage. Yes. Yeah. I was, I mean, one of my PTs were discussing this today. We were talking about men's, uh, in particular right now as a, a trying one for insurances because they don't. It is. For again, I think it's a matter of educating, speaking well, mm -hmm. And I hate to say it, but <clears throat> this is going to, uh, I'm just going to say it, I might sound a little strange, but if people have a lot of people in like a state or federally, if some of their family members have these issues, that's what brings it to the forefront. And that, yep. that's a little hard to, I won't say harsh to say, but kind of, it's just because it's not known as much as everything else. Mm -hmm. and so um, in the long run, we're saving um money if they would treat the stuff up front. I feel like we're starting to see that a little bit with some I injuries. Um, you look at how long it's taken just even to see like 
you know, lower back pain. And now that's actually something that we commonly see and it's covered by insurance. But you think about it back in the day, you couldn't do that because that was considered preventative. You couldn't try to take care of that pain up front. And so we we do things, again, like you said, the more it starts to get out there, the more research comes out and they're showing like, hey, actually, sir, you know, PT before surgery shows better outcomes. And now insurance is like, okay, well, yeah, we'll cover PT beforehand. Like, the more we get to research some of this, the better. Um, that's always the hard part, I think, in general in healthcare. But you oh, know, yeah. we can always yes. do do our, our best to help out as much as possible. Um, yeah. So uh, I like the research you know, aspect of things too. So, like even what you guys are doing with your podcast, you get more information out, which is amazing, mm-hmm. right? And we need more people to do those things because otherwise, it just doesn't get out. Yeah, and that's honestly our whole entire goal of this podcast. It's not, we are not perfect by any, we are not great, we are not the best people treating out there. I won't put myself in that category. I can always still learn so much. Um, But, you know, there you go through the the school process and you really hear like, oh, here's your your options, inpatient, outpatient, home health. Um, And you don't realize how much, honestly, going down some of these, these routes you can kind of find a unique niche, like whether or yes. not, you know, you're doing pediatric neurology or you're going into women's health. Um, you know, I love, I'm going to be talking with one of my PTs and start working with her a little bit more to um, start learning more about pelvic floor health. And hopefully that will open an avenue because we don't really have any PTAs that treat that right now. Because again, no one's, taught really how to do it and so again if a pta can start taking on some of those caseloads we now can open that up more opportunity for more patients to get in and get seen because i can take a follow-up and now someone else can get eval'd in that hour because that's the hardest part is getting in for an eval right now we're just we don't have enough slots because again insurance doesn't pay enough for us to fill a whole entire schedule with pelvic floors which sucks it does. It does, unfortunately. But I still, but again, it's a needed thing and we need mm-hmm. to just keep at the, uh, and like I said, I wish they'd look long term because you don't want a bunch of incontinent people, you know, as they get older and nobody's been treated and then you've got skin breakdown and everything else, which costs a lot more than a couple of visits or four or five visits. Yeah. Yeah. Some yeah, of those too, you just give them the, the tools and, they can do it at home. They just don't know the right tools. So some of that is even literally, like you said, like you get that three, four visits in and they're good to go because they can just follow it up at home. So. Um, yeah, I do wish it was a little bit more proactive than reactive, but it's just kind of how the field is. Oh, Sometimes yeah. I feel like it's just, oh, you have a problem. Okay, come in. Instead of like, oh, you're in this field. Okay, let's do this to prevent you from something happening down the road. Because like you said, it's more expensive if you let it get out of control. but as of now, it's just more of a, a reactive kind of deal. Right. Yeah. I will say I do feel like um, I've been fortunate to kind of been in the field even prior to me working in it just because my mom's also a PTA. So I've kind oh. of grown up in the world. I know, right? Okay. Yeah. So I've, I've seen a lot change. And I really do think we're starting to finally see leadership step up and actually become like, hey, you know, we did ourselves injustice by a, you know, 
you are marketing yourself. We're marketing, you know, this field. Doctors have to market themselves, nurses, you know, all this. It is part of the game. And we did that incorrectly. We didn't show our worth to insurance. We didn't show our worth to patients. And now people are starting to realize like, hey, we need to approach this from a different route. And we need to come at this and be like, no, we are worth this. Look at all this data. Look at all this research that we're putting in. We're putting more money into research than we have, you know, 30 years ago now into physical therapy, therapy research, which is great. And we need that. And so I do feel like we're trending in the right direction. We just need to continue that direction. Right. And we do need more PTAs. I do feel like step up into that role. Um, yeah. And I know it's hard because everybody now, the big things work life balance, right? Mm-hmm. And so you take on more of that leadership role and maybe get involved in the APTA and those types of things. And that does take time. And so I know that that's part of the problem. But my thing is, you don't step up. You can't just depend on other people to step up for you right? Mm-hmm. It really does need to be um, kind of an all-hands-on-deck thing. And then you don't have to do everything. Not everybody has to do, you know, one person doesn't have to do everything. So I don't know. It's um, And my thing is, too, I always tell students, pick, even if you do one thing a year that helps, you know, further, further your profession. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's volunteer at a, whatever it is you want to volunteer at, but do things that are related so that you get out in your community and people know that you're a PTA and what you do. And that even helps. Even if it's one thing a year, everybody can give up a Saturday, you know? Yeah. Well, maybe not everybody, but most people can give up a Saturday somewhere along the way. And in reality, usually people come out of it. It's like, you know, you go and you're giving your time and you realize how much you get back from it. <laughs> From mm-hmm. giving your time, right? So yes. I, I'm pretty passionate about that. And I feel I like it just pays the that. field forward too. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. and we we did that discussion too with like the APTA and whether or not we renew. And it's one of those things like hope, we're hoping for change. We hope things that go for the better, absolutely. But we're also trying to pay it forward for the people down the road who get into this field. So even yeah. if we don't see results immediately, we just know change is coming and the field and this profession will be better for it you're right but the other thing is it's not um we also could lose things that we already have and so you have to think of it that way too like um because everybody wants a piece of the pie and a Mm -hmm. lot of people want a piece of that pt pie and so we have to be careful because if we don't look out for it there's no one else that's going yeah We've, we've, and we've seen too where we can even hurt ourselves in the field. Um, out here in Nevada, unfortunately, definitely in the private practice sector of just outpatient, we've had companies come in and say, Hey, you give us a, an exclusive contract with you guys. We'll do a set rate of this amount per visit. And then, you know, we get it all. But then it's an undercut because then everybody's like, Well, this place is giving us this. And so then we undercharge our services. And it's yep. like we do it to ourselves, too. And so, you know, we need to be aware and we need to stop, unfortunately, some people who aren't looking out for the field, too. And, um, again, at first, like when I graduated school, the APTA, yeah, I got it for free. It was part of my my uh, tuition costs was kind of how they signed you up. And then after that, I was like, 
I ain't paying for this because really, what am I getting out of it? And the more we've delve into this in the podcast and learning more about the APTA and things like that, like Ken was saying, like we really found the benefit and it might not be visible, but there is a huge thing that they are fighting. And you can go to those meetings and find out too. Um, you just have to get involved a little bit. And it could be literally listening to a recorded um, podcast. I know they've done some podcasts, uh, meetings. Um, you can listen to those you know, while you're taking a shower, while you're driving, if you do home health, right. um, you know, maybe instead of watching a show that you just put on in the background, you know, put put one of those on if you're curious. Um, so there's definitely ways where you can do it without it fully taking in all your time. Well, and the other thing is um, a lot of states now have special interest groups, more of them, they special industry mm-hmm. for some state. And I love the opportunity to talk to, I talked to, talked to Texas at one point to their group. And um, it's just really interesting to get people in the same room who have a passion about the same thing. And, but you have to be a member of the state association to be part of those special interest groups. So you do another reason to be part of it. So yeah, it does help your Maybe. voice. I will say it helps your voice grow a little bit. If you, if you're willing to put your money where your mouth is in a way. I hate to say it that way, but that that is your 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 backing your your voice with your money, your financial donation in a way. So yeah, if you're not willing to put a little weight behind it, you know, do you really believe in it? Sometimes, exactly. I don't know. That's just me. That's my little exactly. soapbox. <laughs> you did say you get on your soapbox. I do so. get yeah. on my soapbox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll admit it, though, it is a soapbox. I'm very just passionate. <laughs> no, that's a good thing. We need more passion. I really support. <laughs> I did have two questions regarding the program. Sure. Um, the first one, one thing that I felt, and I think we've talked about it before, Laura, is when it comes to exercises, what they do, what they're for, is there an additional like, exercise physiology course in the extended program or in the bachelor's program that PTAs take? There is. There is a, there is an additional program. Because that's definitely, like, even now, I mean, maybe not so much now as I did when I first graduated. It's, I like, I, again, like, I got a lot of my background when I was a technician, but you don't really get a lot of the exposure to the, like, we got one textbook, sure, but during the program, we never went over exercises, what what is for, what's the benefits, um, form, technique, any of that was never really part of our program. So going into the field is also a problem with trying to progress patients, knowing oh, when's the right time to go to the next exercise. Or it's, and a lot of it's trial and error, but it was definitely a little frustrating to be like, uh, I want to advance you, but then I'm not sure. Like, all right, let's go for it. But I was just curious to see if there was something to address that in yeah. the bachelor's program. We definitely have that. We have the clinical kinesis course and we have a practice specific rehab course. So, yeah. And you take all those together. And one of the things actually that I just had my students do. Um, so I'm teaching clinical kinesiology right now. And um, one of the things they do, well, they have several assignments on this, but it's okay, you're going to develop a program and when are you making changes and why are you making those changes? And really um, 
teasing out, you know, what is it that I should be looking for before I progress somebody and those type of things. So, so you really, and my thing always is, is, as I have said, I, if I want, if I'm going to be treated or my family members are going to be treated, I want that treatment to be personalized to me and what's going on. I don't want, here's your knee program because you have whatever the diagnosis is or the mm -hmm. surgery is. Yes, there are some basic things, but it should be tweaked a little bit according to that person, you know, in front of you. And maybe they have other issues and that you have to kind of, you know, adjust things for. So those are kind of a lot of the things you cover. Absolutely. Is it funny, though, as you were asking those questions, as if you were asking your students, I was answering them in my head. And I was like, well, this, 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 <laughs> you can't help it. <laughs> you got me. I'm it's, like, hmm. <laughs> but, yeah. And it's fun. And like uh, one of the things that I used to be really scared of is kind of exercises, too, it, it, because there's just so much out there. And you're just like, OK, is this appropriate? Or, you know, I don't really have a term for this. But as I've gotten more in the field, I probably have gotten a little bit more adventurous, I guess you could say, of just like, hey, let's try this. Like, and you never know, like Ken was saying, and um, you can try things out. Like I had a patient who was a vet and her biggest concern, she was a cervical patient. Um, she had surgery, doing a fantastic, literally was getting return, ready to return from work. Her biggest concern was going back and doing surgeries because she, she was a surgeon. Um, so I said, okay, um, instead of doing wall clocks on the wall, we're going to do wall clocks on the bed, an elevator bed that is this the height of your table and get her just kind of yeah. doing those finer movements while her head is in that position that needs to be in. Um, right. and again, and like you said, tweaking it so that it's more, yeah, you can take an exercise that might be the norm, but tweaking it to them and what they really need to do in life because again patients are also going to buy into that more too sure and so yeah and the other part of that too is it's like okay i have my patient doing this this and this and um and knowing that maybe uh i don't know maybe the soft tissue hasn't healed yet maybe it's not mm -hmm. been long enough those type of things but that stuff so comes so much faster when you've been through these courses and you've really looked at the things. And so you're like, hey, I'm not going to go say to my PT, we need to progress because I know I can't progress for another week because this healing hasn't occurred. It's not just yeah. what's in front of you that you're looking at. It's, you know, what's going on with the tissue. But maybe you can change and adjust it, make it a little more challenging without putting too much strain on them. So we do do a lot in that area, which I think is super. And and students do say they are so much more comfortable with those types once they once they take those courses. Right. I wish we yeah, went in like, like that. Makes a... Yeah. I wish we went into more of that. Yeah. Because yeah, again, I'm I'm seven years in, I think, about, and you know, I'm just starting to feel confident in those kind of things too. So, and again, I think it's you know, there our field is just so big and it's growing so much. And so it is so hard for a PTA to capture it all within just that first schooling, which a program like this definitely, even if you don't want to go on, you know, you never know. It can help you grow and grow your skills. And it's giving you that foundation, it sounds like. So no matter where you are in life, that you can continue to grow because now you understand the basis of it. And you can exactly. take these things in and put them yourself into your brain and be like, process them out and be like this is valid this is not valid 
because you have those tools to actually dig through everything that might be just, you know, a little messy. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, it's 16 months. It's not too bad. It's 16 months. It's not. Oh. It's very easy. Mm-hmm. For most people. It's not, I'm not going to lie. It's not, it's not easy. Oh, yeah. But it's 16 months. And my thing is to finish out that bachelor's and have that. And somebody may not even want, they may, my thing is you don't know what's going to happen in five years, right? You just don't know. And you may not be interested in DPT school or in management right now, but down the road you might, or God forbid, you have something happen like I did where I clinically don't, my hands can't handle heavy stuff. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't clinically treat people. It's just not, I have a a 15 pound weight limitation on my one hand permanently. Mm. I don't think I'm going to manage in a clinic very well. Um, treating patients, right? So you don't know. So get that bachelor's degree. Think long term, you know, because mm-hmm. you never know what you want to do down. Mm-hmm. That's like another reason why we kind of like started this podcast too, is to show those other avenues that PTAs can take. Because I mean, there, I'm sure people have felt it where you feel kind of stuck, where it's like you don't really know where you could go. Kind of like how Laura was mentioning earlier, you can go into these niche fields where it's like a pediatric neurology clinic. But you can also go yep. into management. You can also go into these other leadership roles that are so many different options that PTAs can take as long as, you know, you go looking for them. And it sounds like this the bachelor's program definitely helps you be a lot more prepared down yeah. the road. Absolutely. Yep. So I think yeah. you had another question you said. Was there a second? I did. I have my other one. It's kind of a two-parter. So for once you go into the bachelor's program, is there another test I have to take? At the end? No. Okay. No, there's not. That's <laughs> probably wanted, the best I just part, to make sure. Right? <laughs> By the way, you got to get re-licensed again. Another licensure exam I have to. Um, no, and then the cries. other one. Yeah, that one had, had me a little worried. I was hoping not, but I just wanted <laughs> to make sure. And then the, the second part was, as far as I know, there's only two bridge programs. The one in Texas and the one in Ohio. Is that correct? There's three now. There's three. There are three. The other one is um, University of Concordia at Wisconsin. It's the newest one. Okay. I was about to say, how long have they been doing it? You know, I don't know when they started, but I know it's been, I guess, at least two or three years. I also heard that there are some other um, ones that are kind of in process or looking at doing it. And the problem is until they get to a certain point, um, you don't, you don't hear much, right. Until they, until they actually um, are getting their credit. Yeah. Committed to. Yeah. 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 Cause I know for a while there was like, four or five when I was in my undergrad in like 2008 I think when I first looked up things we were talking about it and then they slowly fell off and then something like that I think maybe four and then there was just the two when I came out because I think it's becoming more of a popular idea so, and I do know that, you know, they know that there's uh, PTAs out there that are very interested. So I think that that has 
Um, as that is growing, I think more schools are coming. Yeah. As far as the, the, go for it, I was gonna say, um, as far as the program, as soon as you finish the bachelor's program, are you eligible to go for a bridge program, or are there additional classes that you need to take, or does this fully equip you to? All right, you just need to take your what's that? There's test the GRE, and then you're able to GRE, the wonderful GRE. The wonderful things about that. Yeah, the wonderful GRE. Um, I it's every my thing is every school out there has different requirements. So you have to check with them on the requirements. Typically, most people have to take maybe a couple more classes. Usually okay. those are like maybe uh sometimes it's a chemistry class that has a, a live lab attached mm-hmm. to it, you know. Um things like that typically are things that you have to look at and also, the things I always encourage people to do is talk to the schools you're interested in going to for a couple of reasons. One is, do you need to take the GRE? Not all of them require it. Yeah. Also, um, they'll look at GPAs differently. Sometimes they'll look at your science GPA and your full GPA and then your PTA courses GPA. So they look at things differently. Some schools, um, if you... Uh, have like some of your classes that are older sometimes they make you repeat mm-hmm. a class or two so the idea like if i went now and tried to get into something they'd be like <laughs> your classes are a little old you're gonna have to like repeat everything right but most people it might be maybe one or two things it just depends so that's one of the things that i think is um, super important the other thing is we have what we call an articulation agreement with the university of concordia at wisconsin um, which means if you have if you have graduated from Pima, that they will accept you know all of our credits. It uh, doesn't mean that you get. You I mean they they have to look at everything and make yeah. sure you know you qualify and all of that. But um, there are um, nationally accredited schools, which is what Pima is, and then there are um, regionally accredited schools. Some people don't take our credits, so that's why I say check with the school you want to go to. Um, we have quite a few students go on to schools. and But the other thing is, you know, I people come from all over the country. I mean, we're online. You can be anywhere and still and come to our school. We've had people from Europe do awesome. you know, our class. Wow. They're, they're over in Europe. They moved from the U.S. because they went to a captive accredited school. And they're now living in England. They can take our classes. Why? Because there's not, I mean, it's, there's nothing where it's synchronous. You can, it's called asynchronous for a reason. You can do it anytime you want. So it may be two o'clock in the morning here and there at, you know, whatever hour they are and they're working away. So, um, so I always tell people check with where you want to go to school and, um, and make sure, um, kind of what their, what their expectations are and what credits they accept. Now, with the requirements for the kind of PT school in the bridge mm-hmm. programs, do you guys have requirements uh, for your school of like how many years out of, you know, PTA associates? Uh, yeah, because I was like, can- I know that's the big thing with the, the science courses in PT schools. They want that five year, you know, kind of usually. Right. We say, um, why? Well, OK, let me put it this way. As long as you've been most people are licensed and working. So as long mm-hmm. as you're working. You're fine. If you were 15 years out and now you're applying and you haven't worked for 15 years, that will be an issue. 
But um, if you've been working within the last, you've graduated within the last five years and or have been working. So we've had people who are, they've been PTAs. I'm just going to, oh boy, I'm trying to think how many years they've worked. But some of them have been working 20 years and they come into the program. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. And it, yeah, and a lot of them are um, what they tell me is they they wanted to better themselves. Some of them do want to go into management, but others are like, no, I want that. I just want to be better at my job, mm-hmm. and they're ready to learn more, right? They've and they kind of come in. Sometimes they'll say, I thought that I wouldn't learn as much as I did. You know, I get some of those comments. Well, like they just didn't realize, and, and it can be intimidating when you've been out that long because so much has changed. But um, really, anybody can come into this program and learn. Is there going to be a little bit of a learning curve on the computer end of things for someone who's been out that long? But I will tell you, I have other people who have been out of school for not a very long period. Computers just aren't their thing. So uh, that's why we have a microcomputer applications course is, is to help with those kinds of things, right? That's I've gotten to saying nowadays, if you work in any setting, you're going to have to start learning good computer skills because everything's going online. All the documentation and everything, yeah. Which is not particularly my favorite yeah. because I've been in plenty of places where the internet has gone out. So, uh, well, I've been in that situation. Yeah. It's, I was in a hospital years ago and the entire um, hospital charting system. The entire it's so bad. It's so bad. It was we had nothing. The nurses didn't have anything. It was everything went down. It was scary. It was very scary. Yeah. Well, and with that ransom road too with hospitals. Oh yeah. That's yeah, that's yeah. That is a tough one. Um but yeah, perfect. Uh I think I kind of hit I'm sure I could come up with so many more, and we can keep going. Honestly. I'm sure we could. <laughs> I, was I like, have. It is easy I for us. Of, I have yeah, one. Yeah, go of for it. Just because if someone's interested, yes. Uh, easiest way to get info. It, so Pima Medical Institute, right? So it's pmi.edu, and if they go to that website, um, and then at the top it'll say programs, and then you pick bachelors, and then it trails you right to the BSPT. And then there's a place you click on for, for more information. So, um, uh, yeah, thank you for having me, though. This no, is fun. No, oh, thank, yeah. you. Well, thank you for joining for us. Talk to you guys. And if and you really- have any information, by the way, too, that you would like to send us that people can get in contact with you guys, we Absolutely. are more than welcome to put, like, we'll put that down below in the description also. Um, so be- even if it's a link to it, you know, we, we love to, we are not the type of people who uh, don't want to share things of other people's. No, we, again, we're doing this to get this out. We share and we're like, if you want, I don't know, we're like, you want all the information here. <laughs> I was going to say, I'll be careful what I send. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was about to say, again, that's why I said where you want people to go to. <laughs> yes. But, um, yeah, so if you do have the link or something like that, that would make it a little easier. We'll we'll, pr- we'll add some stuff below, guys. Not, <laughs> but, not a be stuff. If you guys ever want to hang out or ask questions again, I'd love to do. Oh, I think Pro- we would love we to hear some will. some stories from your treating. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Treating, or I we, want we, some we can uh, come up with some stuff or student <laughs> stories. Yeah, 
I was about to say, I had a I had a teacher in high school who uh, was writing a book of dumb things kids said. So I can only imagine sometimes. I yeah, know I've said some dumb school. <laughs> and I'll also say there are dumb things that um, faculty say sometimes, Sorry. too. <laughs> the it's not just exclusive to students. <laughs> I, I'd be, don't worry, I'd be in one of those boats. <laughs> that would well, be I've had, I've had my moment. Oh, yeah. Well, when Ken was in school, he would come out and be like, he'd say something and he's like, well, what's this? I'm like, I don't know. That penguin left, left, that oh, yeah. penguin left would, the iceberg. I definitely started like, quizzing everybody this. while I was in school. And then I was like, I, please stop this. That's, you're making me feel real dumb right now. Oh, that's <laughs> But uh, no, thanks again so much. Honestly, it was so cool. I love learning about this. Um, I think the opportunities are amazing for people out there. Absolutely. Um, again, you're making me want to go back to school. <laughs> I don't know how my husband will <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Just let me know. No. <laughs> right? I'm like, hmm. Um, but yeah, guys, thank, thank you so much again, Becky. We really, really enjoyed it. Um, well, you know, talking. Yes. All right, guys, until next time, don't forget to check us out on Instagram, YouTube, and then again, all the information will be listed in the description below if you guys are more interested. Um, if you guys do have any questions, you guys can also reach out to us too. And um, we'll pass it on to Becky. All right? Perfect. So until next time, guys. Bye. Bye. Take care.